<laughs> All right, we are just as surprised as you are, but it's time for another episode of Serially Obsessed. <laughs> I'm Daisy Rosario. I'm Dipti Sarawat. I'm Layla Carrillo. And we are your favorite ladies who like to talk about the show Serial, but right now Serial has got a sister from another mister, and that mister is Brian Reed, and he's doing a show called S-Town, and we are going to talk some shit about Shit Town. <laughs> yeah, some shit about Shit Town. I'm excited. <laughs> some shit about Shit Town, the classiest name. That was a great reveal. I mean, personally, I didn't listen to any of the teasers because I don't like to watch movie trailers or listen to teasers, so when he was like, welcome to Shit Town. I, I did like, not guess on. that that's what S-Town meant, by the way, beforehand. Did you? No. No, right? no I mean, no. it could be anything. I did, yeah, could I, be anything. I didn't either. In fact, I think I was I was listening to it at work, um, and it didn't occur to me until after I was done with the episode that I was like, oh, S-Town. Oh, after yeah, the Yeah, which is usually, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think today was one of those days where, like, my brain's kind of running a little bit slower than it ought to be. Uh, is it because he started with a monologue about clocks and you were like, what am I listening yeah, to? I and then he was like, so. no, by Daisy, the way, welcome totally to shit town. I totally think that's what happened. I think I was just so locked into like, okay, this is a story about murder and clocks. And then the next thing you know, I'm like whisked away <laughs> to like Alabama with these like genius rednecks. And it just, yeah. at the end of it, I was like, shit town, S town. Oh, oh. And then oh. the penny dropped, you know? Do you yeah. know? Do you know that um, when I was listening to that intro, I just thought, "Oh, this is like Rachel Maddow, like the beginning of her show, <laughs> where it's like, let's start ten degrees away from the story we're getting to. It's like, why are we hearing about clocks? I mean, it Dixie's was like, good. Don't set a tone. Don't, it was. Don't I know, and it was good. It was well written, but I was like. Ah, is this Rachel Maddow or is this... Anyways, I love Rachel yeah. Maddow. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. But anyways, we should introduce who we are, huh? We well, we well, did. I, you know, let's <laughs> let's do what we usually do. We named ourselves, but yeah. let's do what we usually do, which is we name our credentials, which are far less applicable to this podcast. That's true. Though so I'm still yeah. proud of them. Um, actually, so I, I was a watchmaker back in the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, have, I have coached storytelling to a former watchmaker, so I was really intrigued because I did spend a lot of time telling that man yeah. that he should be proud of his history of watchmaking. Uh, <laughs> but I am a former public radio producer who now works in the private sector, uh, still making audio and podcasts and public radio style stuff. So that's how I got into this. What about you, Dip? Um, I'm a lawyer. I'm still a lawyer. I used to be a prosecutor. That's why I was so into season one of Serial. But, well doesn't matter anymore <laughs> <laughs> i still love cereal <laughs> here i am yeah, i mean we're still experts on cereal and layla uh yes hi i am a multimedia producer uh and yeah to also do audio video some interactive stuff now because my life is changing uh <laughs> gotta commit to that just vr a general uh critic of media so yeah that's how i come into this that's right thing so obviously we started uh, along with Serial Season 1 and then we continued with Serial Season 2 and now, you know, like I said, 
this is the show is kind of a cousin. This show is is like is their other relative. It's their next experiment. So of course we're going to talk about it some. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about how they dropped it, but obviously they did the Netflix drop. So just to set up for listeners, you know, for this episode right now, we're just going to give you kind of initial reactions to episode one of S Town, right? Because with a bingeable show. How much you can binge really depends on your own pace. If you have little kids, I bet you're not going to get through it as quickly as a, a somebody who's a college student and maybe has less, who's more time on their hands rather. So there's that aspect. So this is going to be, uh, we're just going to talk about our immediate reactions and we'll talk about kind of where we think the season might go. But if you are somebody who's already gotten a little bit ahead, just know we're not going to, you're, you're going to know more about where this goes than we did when we had this conversation. Just know that for right now, but we'll talk about it more later. There'll be more episodes later. Nice. So um, speaking of serial season two, um, you know, one of the things, if you've listened to our show, one thing that I know I said a lot during uh, serial season two was that that show to me felt like a podcast that wanted to be a book. And I would have liked it more if it was like a book uh, because I think it would have had a better frame and structure. And and for me so far, S-Town feels like uh, here are the lessons that they've learned from Serial Season 2 and that the presentation feels very much so far like I'm listening to some kind of audio book. Yeah, I, okay, so my initial reaction to maybe like the first half of the podcast, I was like, oh, this is like Serial like very similar in story structure serial season one i should be clear serial season one in story structure but now they're like in the deep south it's like um almost like (laughs) yeah it's almost like i don't know if you took the wire and instead of making it just baltimore you made it about all of america then like serial season one was like this is the baltimore season and then this is like the Appalachia season or something. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, so the way The Wire was like, here's the first season and here's the like white privilege season, which is season Right, two. yeah, exactly. And here's the like <laughs> education season. <laughs> yeah. Um, my initial reaction was, I wasn't actually thinking on those lines that you guys were in your producer head. I was just thinking, my initial thought was, this man sounds like a character from Comedy Bang Bang podcast. And I love him so much. He is, I feel, and then I felt really bad about saying that. Like, not, we will, let's just say we will not get into politics on this podcast. But, like, there are a lot of themes from the past year that we've all kind of dealt with that are talked about in the initial episode. Like, this guy from the from the redneck south is you know talking about how his whole town is a bunch of redneck racists and bigots and you know all of that but um i just like i was just obsessed with this guy i didn't think about anything else i didn't uh, i mean he's such a character my second immediate thought was please don't make him the killer please don't make him the killer (laughs) like i just didn't want (laughs) him to be the guy (laughs) who ended up you know, who we find out as the killer. I knew something would eventually come up about this guy being like much more than kind of like the hero that he pretends himself to be at the beginning. But um, I don't know. He was just an absolute character. That's all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I actually, I didn't really, my fear is not that he'll be the killer in as much as that the twist will be like, 
it's not so much about the murder. Look at this really interesting, like, portrait of this county, right? Like, um, so I wonder if that's where this is going. <laughs> It'll be like serial season two. It'll be like, and not just like an exploration of the entire military industrial complex. It'll be like oh, a look right. at the forces at work in a small town. Yeah, yeah, in I think Alabama. So. Right, like I mean, it's like even further it goes into correlating this whole to your wire thing, thing of like, hey, like, uh, you know, white, um, white bubble America. These rural mm-hmm. towns have these really think- interesting people who. Like, in as much as there are a lot, I mean, just to say that there are also, like, smart, really crazy, interesting people in rural America as opposed to just, like, RB eating, like, rednecks, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he just, to me, my initial reaction was he didn't feel like, I think what I thought was interesting about him in part, actually, was that he didn't feel like the hero or the villain specifically, one, he could go either way. Like, I was like, this guy could this could break good or break bad. And then two, like I actually, if I'm looking at my notes, I just wrote down like this guy is like crazy smart and probably very bored. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, just like a guy who's like so smart and has just so many like thoughts and feelings and things. And there's just like no place to put them in general. I think he would have a hard time finding a place to be really at peace, let alone, where he is that he happens to end up calling yeah, shit town. Right. Um, but he's just like intense. Like, I mean, dude is clearly passionate about lots of topics and his brain works a mile a minute. A minute yep. I mean, it's crazy. I'm glad that the, what's the host name again? Brian Reed. Brian Reed. Brian Reed. I'm glad. I think he does Sarah. a good job of reining him in and in terms of like production and stuff, editing, because it's clear. I mean, he told us, but it's also after listening to one episode, you can tell that this guy talks for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And to be able to choose like whatever, you know, tidbits that he wanted to take out of it, that must have been so difficult because this guy is oh my God. Yeah. fascinating. And one line that I loved, I mean, he ends up like swearing all the time, but I didn't know that when he says this, he's like, and then he spilled the darn beans. I was like, oh, my God, I could hear this guy talk forever and ever yeah. and ever. Yeah, I thought yeah. I I mean, yeah, he's a great talker. he's a great talker. And honestly, oh, like man. that was probably one of the first things that endeared me to this podcast from the jump is just that John's way of telling a story is so matter of fact, like while he's telling this horrific description of what happened to um Dylan Nichols he's saying mm-hmm. it so matter-of-factly but his southern accent and his little and his um uh, you know his turns of phrase are right. so charming mm-hmm. that it's like I may as well be talking to Blanche Devereaux over cheesecake <laughs> while she's telling yeah. me about a murder like this is just yeah. so quaint. it's so quaint and I know and I, I at the same time I feel bad because I feel like I'm I don't know that I'm in a way sort of belittling it, but oh, Layla, I had that same. I'm fear. just like, oh I'm my like, god, am I... you're so charming. Like I was afraid <laughs> that I'm like, oh, do I think this is quote cute? And that's really shitty of me. Like right. you know, like who who am I just because I live in Brooklyn? Guys, you know, like there that right there dip is like serial doing the serial thing where it's like you end up questioning yourself about something completely different than what this story is about right and i wonder if that's the twist you know 
but like also do we really even know what the story is right. about what like, is this story yeah. what is this story we i mean because then we you think know. about like what are the what's the point of the clock monologue and i don't mean that in a bad way but you know what i right. mean like it just makes you feel like you're being thrown off the trail on purpose right. um and did this murder or, you know, just like even happen because that's kind of the right. thing that exactly po- posits at the yeah. end is that right hey it's very likely that like john is so sort of verbal and you know is kind of this character that it's very likely that the story might be a little embellished well you know why also i think i think we're actually led to believe that it might not be all about the murder because the um brian reed often like stops john and says like well, what do you mean you get depressed? Wait, 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 let's stop. Let's talk about your maze that you built. Like, he's truly trying to get to know him. So you get the sense mm-hmm. that we're going to be exploring this man. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me question whether or not this is really going to be about the murder. Because, like, if you compare it to season one of Serial, we initially learned a lot about Adnan and Hay. And mm-hmm. now we don't know anything. We, we learned some stuff about the guy who allegedly killed... Um, the allegedly Wait. dead. <laughs> Wait a minute, though. Like, uh, it's just like, sorry, it's making me laugh. It's just every like that. I'm thinking now back to because you said that I'm thinking back to like the way that serial, you know, season one starts and it's Sarah being like, I got this, you know, email or letter or whatever from this woman named Rabia. And it's like, yo. Imagine being that this American Life producers and people are just reaching out to you with crazy stories all the time. Yeah. Because this one is also like, so this guy wrote me an email. Yeah, yeah. And like, right. he really wanted me to look into it, you know? Yeah. It's like Rabia wanted Sarah, who used to be a Baltimore crime reporter, to like see if there was anything to this. Right. Like, they're just getting them hot tips, yeah. man. And they're then like the difference between like sarah showing up and finding rabia's trunk filled with like old files from this old case now it's brian showing up and finding a mansion full of crazy yeah exactly in like bib county (laughs) in a freaking rose maze in the middle of nowhere can we talk about the maze for a second because it's real and the coordinates are real and i looked up the coordinates you did immediately oh yeah i looked them up too did you also, see like, it? I couldn't find it because they yeah, don't dude, give you, you can the see full a coordinates. Were you able series... to find the full coordinates? Oh, when Brian is like, hey, I'm going to leave out these last coordinates, like John had already said them very quickly. So I just rewound like oh, five okay. times and was able yeah. to knock them out and uh, drop a pin. And there was a, a bunch of concentric circles, dude. Like for oh my real. God. He's he's nuts. Yeah. And like these coordinates are I like think crazy. A, in a brilliant way. It's. It's fascinating. He fascinates me on so many levels. Also, he's in this total like Trump town and he's like climate change is a hoax everyone. Like he's so obsessed with losers. climate change. Um, what'd you like say? when they finally see he's so obsessed with climate change when they finally yeah. even go to see the actual maze Brian's like this maze is amazing he's like well climate change and Brian's like yeah 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 but like the maze and he's like no 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 climate change. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely very into climate change. Yeah. Um but I mean, to to be different in that world that he's in, like I just that has to be so lonely. Yeah, but I think I I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Daisy on this too. I 
I feel like even if he lived in New York City or even if he lived in a, some major metropolitan area, whether it was like even if it was like Boston or Austin or like San Francisco or like wherever, mm-hmm. this guy is always going to be a little bit of a weirdo outcast. I can see him in New York. I know that guy. I don't know that guy. Like I've seen that guy. I've I've I had mean, an interaction. Yeah, except that dip, York, I think like there's there's something to me that speaks to that kind of level of weird and a like a a a, a rural town because I think you can be that smart and that crazy and eccentric in New York and people are like, yeah, cool. But you just don't have enough time to really delve into the kind of insane stuff that you can in like a very slow moving uh, rural yeah. community. I think I that's just I'm that I think it, I think the energy would be channeled differently someplace like New York and he would probably still have his I don't know I feel like I know plenty of like super weird people in New York who yeah some of them are like artists and stuff but nah, that doesn't like completely change the fact that like I don't know he's like he's so he sounds like strident in that way where he'd be like I'm not gonna change my work for anybody uh, and then he would still not quite like fit into whatever right. his like larger scene yeah was that he and would I would also argue like that the that the boredom and the like that the time that he has kind of feeds into him being able to like deep uh deep dive into all the shit that he's like into you know what I mean yeah which made me think a lot by the end of the episode I thought where does he get his money from yeah dude I don't know anything about I mean yeah. I'm sure that that's the kind of stuff that we'll, we'll end up hearing something about because um, he's just gonna have to explain I mean he they just gave us an amazing taste of like of course this guy couldn't stop taking these calls I mean and by this guy I mean Brian right like, um I just yeah, like refuse exactly to learn Brian's name I'm just like who is male Sarah um <laughs> but like yeah like of course he took his calls of course every time he took a call it ended up being hours by accident like he said um of course, this is someone who would give him something called bedtime reading. Like, this yeah. is just that guy. Like, this is somebody, he's got projects, man. This guy's got projects, and he probably moves on to the next one before the other one is, like, finished. Uh-huh. And, you know, who knows what he did before he finished the maze, but there's always a project with somebody like this. I thought it was really beautiful when Brian Reed was interpreting all the readings that he got from him, like the bedtime reading. Yeah. It was, it, like, yeah. just in terms of like the writing of the episode it was so good oh yeah it was you could tell that it was like that it was cereal's fingers all over it right just because the writing was so exceptionally well done and you want to know something space to do that i don't think that i ever would have thought about that if we hadn't done serially obsessed because i learned so much about journalism from you daisy like and like this is what good tape is this is bad tape this is what we like to keep this is you know all these things and and now i feel like i have a journalism no i'm kidding i don't feel like i have a journalism degree but i do we both feel like we have law degrees (laughs) yeah exactly exactly. (laughs) i just i just appreciate the craftsmanship of a good podcast more now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, of like a, a good narrative. Um, yeah. and, but then I also thought this better have a satisfying ending, you know, because <laughs> there's a lot of unsatisfying endings out there. Hello, meeting a missing Richard Simmons. But anyways, right. 
Um, well, no, and I'm, I mean, that to me, well, let's talk about the Netflix dump aspect yes. of it because they put it all out at once, which I think is one of the things that is really interesting to me, not just to like see how they do this because they could have finished it and not necessarily all put it out in one day, but at least been putting it out for one day. One thing we do know is they already know the ending, right? That yeah. is very different from Serial Season 1 and even from Serial Season 2. And in Season 2 of Serial, they changed the pace at which they were releasing the show because they had to adjust. Right. So um, I don't know how much of this is a decision that's just based on like wanting to try something new or if they were like, you know what, we do want to know where we're going with this because maybe what happens in and of itself was already laid to rest in some way so they could yeah. do that in a way that they couldn't before. But um, I mean, if I think overall my quick take on that is that if this has an unsatisfying ending, that will be even more maddening because they had the because opportunity they had the to opportunity the to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, so not on an ending situation, but just in my general feelings on, uh, on Netflix dumps, uh, mm-hmm. is that it can be, I feel like it's such a risky thing to do. I, and I don't know if it's just yeah. cause I'm a, broadcast bitch but like my whole fear is that like okay fine you've (laughs) dumped it you've dumped it all today like I'm gonna binge through 11 episodes I'm gonna talk about it for a week and then it's gonna be crickets and tumbleweeds I'm gonna forget all about it because how many people yeah still talked about you know like whenever they dump like a like orange is the new black you know what I mean like people talk about it for two weeks and then it's like crickets and then I mean, it's you know. two weeks if you're lucky. It's two weeks if it's great because it's exactly. only two weeks if you get more people interested, yeah. you know, like, um, whereas we a, on a week this to passing, week. but it's like, exactly. Yeah. You have the opportunity to build momentum. Right. right. And, and speaking of Netflix specifically, like Netflix also had with the shows that were not Netflix original shows, but shows like Breaking Bad, super famously like Netflix yeah. by having early seasons available, helped that show, show to build a momentum that went into yep. its final actual broadcasts. Exactly. So it's an inch. So that, you know, I think Netflix specifically has really shown us the pros and cons of all mm-hmm, of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious too. I mean, I think in general it will, I think, you know, Orange is the New Black, you mentioned, um, that's obviously a major Netflix show. I, I mean, I have definitely noticed the difference in my life over the last few years in terms of getting through the first season of Orange is the New Black really quickly because I had like not as many responsibilities and then like getting through the last season like over the course of probably three weeks because I had a lot more on my plate and I just could not binge it the way I could before. And right. I'm still childless. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure that some people by the time they're listening to this are like, I've heard the whole thing already. And then others of us and, and not us who are parents and stuff are like, yeah, I'll, I will finish, I'll finish it, it when I can. I can. Um, and I think the other still not thing take to that long. consider it's only seven too is the content that comes out, right? Like Orange is a New Black is like, right. okay, fine. Like I can either binge it in one day or I can take two weeks. Like it's not that big of a deal because I don't have to like digest as hard. But what's interesting mm-hmm. about something like this show is that at least like for me, part of the really fun thing about Serial Season 1 and Season 2, quite frankly, was that we had time to sit with these episodes and we would mm-hmm. listen to the episode, we would record our reaction And then we still kind of were like having to mull through it in our brains because the next episode wasn't going to come out for another week. So. Right. There was also that moment of just like sheer excitement of like, it's Thursday morning. It's dropping. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There's another one. Right. Right. And just not having that. 
time to gi- digest and process. Um, I wonder how mm-hmm. that will affect my reading of this podcast. No, it's true because like you pay attention to certain details more or less. Like I, I'm a, um, I'm going to uh, just admit like right now I'm like a huge Harry Potter stan. I'm like mad into Harry Potter y'all. And um, I remember like when the last book was coming out, I was so worried about avoiding spoilers. People had really gotten. I'm um, still avoiding spoilers for Harry Potter. It's two. Well, I'm not going to tell you anything, so don't worry. I'm not going to say a thing. I've read the um, first three books, and I'm. It's been years since I started book four, and yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and I promised um, myself I no, will like, read the rest of it. You will. You will. You'll get to it. They're worth it. Um, but like the the energy at that time. I mean, spoilers in general are hard to avoid. It's hard to avoid it with the internet. I think, especially at the time, I saw too many people being like aggressively into spoiling Harry Potter for people. So I was like super worried about it. And so when I got that first book, I like read the whole thing in a night. Like I just stayed up until I finished the book, right? And I very much enjoyed the book. I had like a super emotional reaction to different parts of the book as people did, regardless of how quickly they read it. Um, but that, but I didn't take in all of the details, right? And so then yes like when I went and reread it it was great to reread it and get the details and I feel like with what you're saying Layla like we really got to enjoy the details of season one of Serial I think especially because there were so many things to pick even if I didn't listen to an episode multiple times because we were talking about it and we had the time and the space to talk about it right it just made me really invested in all these moments and details and what do they mean and what are they building to yeah. and so at this with the, the dropping all on one day um if if we did not do this podcast if we did not have this thing that you that we go out of our way to do yeah it would be missing that aspect of the experience for me for sure right yeah Mm -hmm. definitely yeah I was a little bummed that it was a Netflix dump um just because I like like if I hear a spoiler of anything I I'm one of those people who flips out like some people don't care and it boggles my mind but anyways um I I just love like getting them. excited about stuff, as you guys know, mm-hmm. and I love Ain't no shame. discussing things at nauseum and reading a bunch of like recaps and thoughts and what Twitter's saying and all of that. And it's just just because the experience is so fun. And I knew that what is the seven episodes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's seven, yeah, yeah. Um, that it just. I still think that I will appreciate the content the same which is i think what you were saying daisy a little bit um like in just reading the entire first harry potter book in one night it's just that i won't get to have as much fun mm-hmm. with yeah. it yeah right yeah, yeah exactly it's like that's kind of yeah can't... like it was not as emotional an experience right and you yeah. can't stretch out that excitement it's almost like it's like you mm-hmm. have a love affair over the weekend as opposed to like no this is like a really good three month romance you know yeah. what I mean right <laughs> yeah right it's just well, like and that's no the we thing boned too, like, it was great it was a weekend cool <laughs> but it's like oh if we could just make this last no, but with certain longer. shows yeah like with the <laughs> with you the, want the um, drama yeah, like with the Netflix the dump drama. it's like I avoid the internet yeah yeah, yeah. but that's that. the thing is like when it's when it's happening at, a, at the right pace, like I can see what strangers are writing. I can see what people are feeling. I want to like get into like what everybody's like enjoying about this thing. I want to tap into that larger yes. energy and like yeah. grab that vibe. And then when you do a drop like this, and this is also true for the Netflix shows, like I then avoid all of the information 
instead. Yeah, like, exactly. And I remember when I was like at one of my jobs, we would, some of us would want to talk about Orange is New Black and we would kind of go around and be like, what episode are you up to? Are you up to this? Are you up to that? Okay. And then like we would figure out and whoever was up to the same episodes, then we would like go in the hall and like chat for five minutes or it'd be like okay you come with me to get coffee because, but it was like it was so much work to be yeah, able to like talk yeah. about it with it people is because we had work. to figure out who was on the same page because you didn't want to spoil anything for each other right yeah you know like I I just the reason why I love watching shows with Twitter open or like award shows or whatever oh, it yeah. may be is because and it's it's actually like inclement weather too it's like we're all <laughs> experiencing the same thing at the same time and we're all many of us are strangers almost like probably 99.8 mm-hmm. percent of the people you're quote experiencing this with are strangers but there's something so cozy and fun and wonderful and i just love it so much as closest like i get to humanity loving i guess like <laughs> and now i'm not i'm not gonna be on the same page as everyone with this so it's fine i'll still enjoy it but i don't get to have that communal sense with complete strangers on the internet yeah right i mean and that and, certainly was and a my massive friends. aspect of serial season one what'd you say that was also definitely a massive aspect of serial season massive. one because that was like yeah like it caught fire and at such a pace where like not only were we all excited about it but then we were like watching other people get excited about it and like them trying to catch up to like watch the end in time and yeah, things like that totally like, right yeah although just you know got on board I mean and it was fun I will say to play my own devil's advocate we still get new followers thank you by the way to yeah, serially obsessed shocking. because I think people are still <laughs> that's true. You know, they're still like, oh, hey, what's this like crime podcast that everyone was obsessed yeah. about a couple yeah, yeah, yeah. of years ago? Well, in that Seri- sense, you know? they create a market for us. So, yeah. hi, you Hello. listening because Hello, of everyone. that. Um, We're so happy. So, yeah. That so, you're in here. that regard, but yeah, I don't know. So, I am really, I am really interested. Um, I feel like what will be interesting about this particular series that I think will keep me captivated, even though it's all released at once and I hope that I I I hope that I practice some like uh marshmallow test restraint and not be like ah <laughs> I'm just gonna eat all of it at once is that the characters seem so fascinating to me that I'm like I just want to sit with this for a little bit like the fact that like John sat a John I had no well I still don't know how old John is but I think when I first heard his he's voice he's 49 mm-hmm. He's 49. Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah, I, was about, I, think, I was like, I think yeah. he's in his late 40s, right on dip. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that's fine. No, I'm glad you told me. Because for whatever reason, his like chest full of tattoos to me immediately was like, oh, this guy's got to be like in his 30s. But now that now that oh. it's confirmed that he's 49, I'm like, no, I was right. That is, he did sound like he was 49. <laughs> um, but just, I think he's like such a character. Yeah. And then, no, like so many no just like so many interesting things about it. like the fact that the man made like an astrolabe like what the fuck like, <laughs> the fuck is that that's crazy that's yeah. legit no i think like this man is going to be such an experience right and in that sense yeah. like i was thinking i was like what is this making me think of already and what it really made me think of two things that it, this episode this tone this character this setting this place made me think of was i was like is the, one thing i wrote is like is this like Grey Gardens? Like, did we just find a bizarro yeah, right. guy? 
Um, but also like that married with like Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, except like we're in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. It's like the town of Savannah that is quirky and you have quirky characters, but it's like consistently the town. It's uh-huh. like, I don't know that shit town will be as overall bizarre as much as it is bizarre through his lens. Sure. So kind of like, right. So it's like a little bit of, of smattering things, of like, like true detective weirdos. season one, like just mix it all in a rue. I still love season one so much. Season one was really good. To like season two's like disaster zone. I mean, season I two, can't. I couldn't finish. Oh, Never God. saw a TD season two. And I won't. No. Um, Dip, can't. you really yeah, saved I... yourself a lot of torment. Cause that was, it's making it, me upset just thinking about it. It was sad Dip, to watch you, that die. It's so bad. I it's one of the, it. it's the worst. <laughs> so, it's so, so upsetting. Tragic. It was so tragic. The level to which yeah. it's bad. It was like the hot guy that gets like fat over the summer and just like ever. I mean, uh, I'm fat <laughs> shaming. I'm fat shaming. Forget yeah, there was, it. I'm that was unnecessary. Jerk. That was like the Gilmore Girls uh, reboot. Just unnecessary fat joke. Right. Smack in the middle. Um, but uh, I'm no good. Guys, remember the opening credits of True Detective season I'm no one? Good. That, those, I'm going off on those this opening credits. Okay, back. honestly, you just brought up the opening credits, and I just thought about it briefly, and I literally got goosebumps. Those opening credits were it's so, so good. good. Between it's the music, so good. Um, oh, which rem- now that music, I'm thinking though. about music, what do you guys think about the music on this show? Yeah, no, I like good it. segue. Way to bring it back. I like the um, I like the violins a lot. I love violins in anything, though. It's the best. That's fair. I didn't know you were passionate about the violin yeah, show apparently. Up, but I'm into I've it. I've never played it. I just, they always make everything better. Okay. I don't yeah. like, so uh, that's why I loved it. Yeah. You didn't like it. Leo I don't know that all. I have any feelings about them in either direction. Violin specifically. The music, I um, like yeah, I don't know how I felt about it yet. I mean, I did notice that we were listening to a lot of it at the end, and I was like, oh, this is. They play, different. yeah, they play the entire track at the end, which I was like. And then like, when they read the credits, there was a lot of names in the music. Yeah. Part. Yeah, that was long at the end. I was like, it was is this still long. going on? I wonder if they'll like ch- they they name, change like, the almost track. Almost the entire staff the of ending, Life as well. Yeah, like do they send do they change the end track after every episode? And like does that mm, they probably record it fresh every time because they would have maybe some special thanks and stuff here and there. Oh right. Layla, why didn't you like the music? I thought it was totally fine. I you know what? Dip, I gotta be honest with you. I can't really put my finger on it. I just, I think it's a super subjective thing and I just didn't, I, it didn't, it didn't grab me the way that serial season one, like that, that fucking piano, like that blink, blink, blink. And like immediately I was like, (laughs) okay, here we go. Like this music to me was like, I'm like, oh, did did you guys just go on like Jingle Punks and like find a track and like just throw it in there? Like, and listen. I know that's I know because clearly they had a lot of they definitely had a lot of people work on it but I just you know what though it seemed very innocuous to me the song maybe maybe the song will start to uh like Mm. take on more elements of the story as the story develops but from episode one the bar was set too high like nothing nothing can top that piano from the first season from Syria like maybe, maybe and also now I mean, I don't listen. I know that Layla, you do. Daisy might too. Um, listen to like more narrative podcasts, but 
the I don't listen to many at all, and like I just listen. I mean, to most it. of them have terrible music because they do not have the budget of this American okay, Life. Okay, right. But I feel like they they S-tel. do it, and none of them strike me as anything. But like on like for example, Missing Richard Simmons, the music was like it was like it was totally fine. But nothing is going to wow me music wise anymore in a narrative podcast. I don't think because. I don't know if it's just because, like, Serial Season 1 was so great to me that, like, nothing can compare to that feeling and excitement. Like, the mm-hmm. music can't yeah, even it take was me something to that going. level. Yeah. Like, nothing yeah. can give me those goosebumps. Like, I, 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 mean, I feel I like something might someday, that's what's happening. but who knows? Yeah. I mean, yeah, something might someday, but who knows? Um, To go, actually back to see something that seems unrelated like we all got you know just kind of jazz talking about like the true detective season one opening yeah. credits and I think that yeah I think that you know serial just the first season of serial had something special we obviously all had a big reaction to like the variation on that that they used for season two oh, like we, in that we were, we were dying we were dying something <laughs> they wired else. It. like yeah like that it was like you know related but not the exact same like clearly uh-huh. derivative but um but yeah, this did not leave an impression on me yeah. in the sense that I can't think back to it in my head. I can't write. I can't remember what it sounds like. The music was that there was a lot at the end. Like if there was music throughout, I, which I'm sure there was, I actually don't remember it at all. Which I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. It just depends on what they're going mm-hmm. for. But I, overall, I mean, it definitely feels like they're taking chances and they are pushing themselves. And I know that it's not the exact same staff, but it is Julie Snyder, um, who was the who used to be the the senior producer for This American Life, and then started working on cereal at Sarah Koenig. Um, and so obviously the larger family is the same. It's the same house, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a different kid, but coming out of the same house. And they've clearly like are just, I love that they're pushing themselves and I love that they're trying new things and, and that they know that they have, as we hear in one of my favorite moments of interaction um, between John and Brian, when oh he's my- like, let's face it, you're broke. Public radio's broke. Yes, that uh, was going to be my question wait, to which you. which one? hilarious when when the when he, brian's explaining that like john is always offering to pay for him and he's like Cause, oh you're yes. broke public radio yeah. is broke I, and then brian's like no 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 we're okay we're lucky and i'm like yeah 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 like, I this american life laughed. has money nobody else has money yeah yeah like even radio lab doesn't have the money that like this american that life was, he's like nobody we're does, fine you know? um he had so many good one-liners that i don't think that he intended but one of them that for some reason I like just like it was at the way beginning. I was just like, "What? Who is this guy?" Is when he was like, "I need some tomes or something." Oh like, he just started talking about tomes, and I was like, "Oh my god, who is he?" I, well, I it's hope the pace is- of it too. It's that he was like talking, 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 and then he was like, "Oh, I need a tums," and it was just like it just like stopped. Yeah, like everything stopped for a moment because uh-huh. he needed a tums, and you're like, "What?" Like. You're just in this little hurricane. He's like a little Tasmanian devil. Yeah. Totally. You, he's just spinning, spinning, spinning. It, and then Daisy. he's like, and this? And you're like, what? <laughs> it's yeah. a hurricane and he's a Tasmanian devil. That's yeah. Right. Exactly it. But I think the thing I is I also like, like listening to Brian's reactions. To oh, him. yeah. Ahead, totally. Yeah. Just being like, what? I think the thing that's really interesting about John um, is that, and Dip, this harkens back to, a, to the, the online conversation that we had this morning, but- I feel like we all have the energy that John has, at least a little bit. It's just that John has it all the time, right? Where you're just like, I'm really excited about this thing. Hey, what do you think about shoes? And back to this thing that we were talking about before, right? Where it's just, but it only happens in spurts, right? Where I'm just like, oh, here's a thing I'm really excited about. And then it's over. But John's excited about so many things. 
that it's just like yeah I mean it definitely reminded of when my boyfriend is manic like my boyfriend is bipolar and when he is manic it is a lot of energy coming at you right and I was like this is like mania like I was like like a tsunami of information for sure yeah um, it's also, uh, I, I thought about the movie The Shining after a while when we kept hearing more about the maze. So I'm like, oh, is this oh, guy I'm a sure. total madman? Because he's like, if we didn't have a drought or one day these shrubs, whatever, that are making up the maze are going to grow really tall and you won't be able to see out because I think it's like hip level right now. Mm. And so that made me think about The Shining and that made me think, is this guy fucking psycho? Like, he's super smart, but he's right. also maybe a madman. Maybe he's got cabin fever. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, they play with our expectations in that way of, like, Brian sets it up where he's like, there was all this, and this was intriguing. And, like, every time that you're about to think it's totally crazy, every time that Brian's, like, questioning it in his own mind, there's some external corroboration, right? Like, even that first phone call when he's like, He's like talking to him and then he starts rattling off the the coordinates. And then, you know, Brian plays the tape of him typing it into Google in real time and being like, oh, that's real. Right. And then he continues to do that throughout the episode. And by the end, you know, what we hear towards the very end, one of the last things we hear is kind of this corroboration from Skylar. Right. Like he's like he's been not sure if this is really what's going on anymore. And John seems to be like deflecting and disinterested. And then this other person shows up. And um, other than having to be mildly reminded uh, to get there, remembers all the exact same details. Right. In a way that is more than just being conveyed in those little reminding moments. So it's they are playing with our kind of sense of. What can we trust? You know, is he the unreliable? Brian's our official narrator, but like, is is John our unreliable character? That's is an he interesting our unreliable point. Hero? They did corroborate him, so you're like, don't necessarily question everything about him. Yeah, every time that you're like, oh, this is weird. It's like, nope, but it's real. This is also really weird. What if that's not real? Well, it's uh, it's real. I mean, we don't know about the crime. We don't know the details of the crime, but at least we know that there's some reason for him to like. He's, this is not some man alone sketching out this crazy idea right like if it turns out that this murder isn't the murder we thought it was or he thought it was it's still gonna probably have roots in something right because it got to him through some other people like a weird game of telephone so something's probably wrong but it's not nothing yeah I want to go back to the point that Layla made at the beginning but I feel really uncomfortable so maybe we should edit this out (laughs) but I what I had a problem with uh, no it's not a problem per se I'm trying to figure out the right way to say this um just the fact that they are r- the rural white working class America that we've been reading so much about the past few months um is it I feel like some of these judgments these stereotypes that are in my head are wrong like they're kind of classist or are we gonna think about it that way or is that like liberal elite gonna be looking on it condescendingly and is is that is it okay in our head to have that reaction so long as you don't act Mm. on it like i'm just uncomfortable with all that i think it's just gonna be asking yourself that question constantly then though because like if that's where your head went you're gonna ask yourself the questions that you're verbalizing right now 
And if you have to ask yourself those questions, that's fine. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with having to ask yourself those questions. I think it I, just, you know. I think I think about it especially a lot because, as you guys know, I grew up in a small town in the middle of America. I don't think my town was like this town, um, but it was very small, and it mm-hmm. has a lot of elements. Like there's some, there's some people in this town that I know that I grew up with, you know, and right. so my brain always goes there when I hear stories about mm-hmm. this there's a part of me that like kind of understands it and there's a part of me that's like oh yeah I felt like an alien when I lived in that place you know so right. I just it's just something I, I I'll probably just think about for the rest of my life so this podcast brought that up I'm not like having cognitive dissonance per se about it but it's just I'm a little uncomfortable with the fact that it did come up because it should be a non-issue, I guess. I don't know. And it it's... I mean, kind of- I feel like... I guess I just think that, like, there's nothing wrong with discomfort. And if you're asking yourselves those questions, they're coming from a place of good intentions, and that's a good thing. All right. And that's Thank also, you. like... To me, you kind of mentioned one aspect of something that I th- do think is, like, often forgotten when we talk about the bubbles versus non-bubbles is this idea of, like, some of those people did move here from some of those places, and they have reasons that they feel the, a way about those places, right? But yeah, that is also weird exactly. when people who don't know those places Which is talk why about I them. think That's that it's kind of, know? I mean, it's it's not a non-issue. Like, I think yeah. kind of going back to what I was saying before, like, the one of the things that, to me, in the end, ended up becoming really fascinating about Serial is that it did. It brought up all of these things, Um it brought up all of these other themes that weren't necessarily uh, addressed head on in the series, but they Mm -hmm. were the subtext, right? So yeah, Mm -hmm. for example, like serial season two, like all of a sudden, yeah, we're like considering like, yeah, you know what? There's, we send like a bunch of kids off to war. Like, yeah. And that wasn't necessarily something that like, yeah, obviously the, the whole series was about, you know, Mm -hmm. him being, uh, deployed out there but it's just considering the fact that like yeah some kids have no other choice and they think that it's you know they're it's they're too young and they think that it's like fun or like they're you know outside of going to serve for obvious like honorary purposes like just straight up being like no I need money for college so I'm signing up and like all of those things are just things that you just end up talking about as a result of these episodes i mean i personally just feel like every single group of people is complicated and when we try to distill any of them right and i'm not gonna hold any group in like particularly special regard for that like i do spend a lot of time in a really sad broken down former rust belt town because that's the kind of town that my boyfriend is from and Hmm. i don't go there expecting anything negative from them and i don't feel like they should be forgotten either like there's just there isn't you know it just is a matter of like but there's nothing wrong with always questioning your assumptions. Like, I mean, and I think most specifically, right, season one of Serial dealt with, like, a Pakistani and Indian population. You had a right. lot of feelings about aspects yeah. of that that made sense to you, Dip, as somebody who grew up as, like, an immigrant kid, right, or, like, the kid of immigrants and stuff. And so, yeah, and the same way that you now are feeling about, like, listening to this, there were people who probably had to ask themselves a lot of questions listening to that, and it's right. great that anybody's asking themselves those questions. Yeah. The, the, Anybody uh, who's assuming that they shouldn't ask themselves the questions, I think, are the scariest people. Yeah. But, I mean, also, like, it's interesting in that, like, this guy is talking shit about his town. So yeah. There's, yeah. You know, so it's going to be hard for us to... 
not have no feeling about it. That's not even what I'm trying to say, but more like, look, he, he doesn't like it. So, and that's not to say that because he doesn't like it, we shouldn't like it. Right. But it's not as if they're painting it as the most amazing place. And you're sitting there going like, yeah, I know he says it's amazing, but they sound like a bunch of rednecks. Like this guy is telling you that he thinks it's shitty. Right. Right. Um, Right. I think there's a lot more to it, obviously, but like that is part of the tension and the title of the show. Yeah. I think it's also hard to, for my brain and I would imagine many other people's brains to not go there just again because of the divisive 2016 that we all had with the election. You know what I mean? Um, just all these issues came to the forefront. doesn't matter what side you're on or what you think or whatever, but if you want to talk about it or don't want to talk about it, the fact remains that everybody is at least cognizant on a different level of these differences within the United States like we we knew that there were differences but I think it's a whole other level right now in March of 2017 Mm. right I gotta say it didn't come up much for me listening to that first interesting ah (laughs) it's not to say that you're wrong I'm just saying like it isn't a universal truth for everybody like it just didn't come up that much for me personally I I thought about it the whole episode yeah, mm. to me, it, it's kind of interesting because my reaction to it um, was more like, okay, he clearly hates this place, um, but his reactions are so exaggerated that I'm like, oh, you're just right. like this high school guy who's just like, oh, yeah, my high school reminded me of Auschwitz. It's like, get the fuck out, dude. Like, come <laughs> right. on. like He may be too obsessed with climate change for people, you know, at the Whole Foods here in exactly like it's i don't know <laughs> right yeah exactly intense, you know what i mean yeah also oh was that sarah koenig saying like this show is brought to you by whoever it was brought to you by because i don't remember who it was brought to us by because it wasn't um oh squarespace you know it squarespace it was squarespace yeah but and it that wasn't was um, yeah yeah i missed it but it I wasn't the one that sponsored cereal that i'm blanking the- on right now um, sponsors. Now, at the beginning, they just said brought Snap. to you by Squarespace, and that's it. They didn't do the ad until the middle. Yeah. Yeah, they did the middle ad. Yeah. Um, so, overall, guys, I thought it was a very interesting episode. I am definitely intrigued. This guy is utterly fascinating to me. I don't think that he's, he's not like, I'm just going to use the word again. He's not like a hero to me in the story. I don't expect him to be. I don't expect him to be perfect, obviously, even though he's wonderful to animals. Um, But uh, he's just, (laughs) he's just, God, who is this guy? I just, I want the whole podcast to like, just explore him and have this little murder kind of side story. You know, I'd be happy with that. I feel that's what you yeah. want. I'm going to also take yeah. that as your prediction. What do you guys what you, want? Layla? What do you guys want out of this season? What do, Go ahead, Layla. What do I want from this season? Um, or predictions. We're just wrapping up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Dip, I'm kind of on board with you. I feel like uh, I would not be surprised if the murder ends up being sort of like the B plot, where the A plot is really just like John and his crony of additional weirdos. Because... It seems like all of them have their own little, like, Skylar's kind of interesting. And then um, What's-His-Face's brother is interesting. Um, Ty- yeah, Tyler, Jake's brother, is an interesting character. I mean, you've I'm got this like, potential names, no. murder that's happening in the background. And, and I, 
I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being like, oh, here's like a portrait of this town, like a like a serious version of a Christopher Guest documentary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it is named for the town, albeit the nickname for the yeah, town. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, that implies that the town itself is going to play right. some kind of huge. Yeah. Oh, um, role. you know what? Daisy, before you give your final thought, I wanted to say one thing that I don't know I took note of is that he went to the town for the first time in October of 2014, which is Mm. right when serial season one was the biggest deal on the planet. And so this has been a long time in the making. And which is why they better have an ending. So like, (laughs) let's hope I I bet I bet that means it does have an ending, because why would you take two and a half years to finally release yeah. it, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, like, I almost that- wonder, I almost wonder if this was supposed to be season two and they couldn't ah. finish it. I wonder. And that's then that's why we, because remember, mm. remember we've had. I don't, that I don't think, because I think Serial was also, was always Sarah's and this is clearly always has been his. Um, oh, but you don't think that's that, my only you you don't think that. that Sarah is like somehow I mean because Sarah seems like she's very much involved with this um, series. I mean, from the credits, it sounds like they lended like editorial help. But I mean, this this person, this Brian, clearly had this this relationship, and this relationship started a while back because he was talking to him for it sounds like a couple of years before he went for the visit. Right. So the first visit was in twenty fourteen. I think I they guess. had a relationship maybe going back to 2011, 2012. Yeah. Um, Were there and it was just Sarah was just established as it was Sarah's then? show I, I before they announced that it was going to yeah, go de- on to more seasons. I definitely buy what you're saying. I feel like I'm still kind of I'm still buying my theory only because the writing on this show, like if you didn't tell me that it wasn't connected to Serial, I would have thought that this was Serial season three. Like just, but I think that's true out of writing. everything that comes out of that shop, though, because I think yeah. that that's true of like the the Venn diagram of This American Life, and then even yeah. a lot of the stuff you get out of Gimlet, which is founded by a lot of people that also came out right. of that house, basically. Yeah. That, uh, I just but, think it's interesting. Serial wasn't the juggernaut at that time that it is now, and mm-hmm. like. I guess it's coming out of This American Life, which is a narrative Right. Show. It's more that it's coming out of This American Life. Like, so, yeah. so I guess that makes sense. But it's just, I don't know, for some reason, it kind of intrigues me that he was on this mission, this like big time, years long mission, way before Serial was ever a thing. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I was I kind of yeah. fixated on that. I feel like that's not entirely too surprising to me because I feel like you're work. I mean, you're not just working on one story. I feel like yeah, you're probably in a bullpen with a bunch of different, and you're just everybody's working on a on their own separate projects. Yeah, that's true. Um, so Daisy, yeah, they all everybody works on their stuff. What's your Um, my thoughts are? I do think that the town, like I said, the title is going to be a big character. Um. I think it will, I think that murder won't be quite quite right, like I said, just because of the game of telephone that led to that information in the first place, right? Like, even if it's a super weird town that hides things, I don't think that that town got it right, spreading it by word. So we'll see, but I mean, there'll be some kind of a thing. But yeah, I think this guy's super interesting, and I'm, I'm, I just want to like be in, I think, I feel like I'm in good hands, and I just want to like see where they take me, because I know that they're trying to still do something a little bit different. Like, there is a reason that they rolled this out separately, and so, you know, we'll see. They're not going to try to follow the exact same thing that they did. Obviously, stylistically, it's going to be very similar. But um, I'm curious to see kind of how the arc 
might be a little different because they've been able to form the whole arc out at once as mm-hmm. opposed to kind of having a vaguer idea of where they were going to land. You know, they really got to do all of it. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. That's that's it. Those are thoughts. And Exciting. So we I'm will continue excited. to try to like keep the pace and figure out kind of how to keep up on a show that dropped all at once. I know. Um, but we did want to get out these kind of first impressions because um, obviously it's gonna it's gonna be a huge show. Um, already is. You know, I mean, I already saw so many people I know posting about it. Like, are crazy. they? I, I wasn't um, really online oh, much today. All I saw was a vulture article headline saying that it was incredible or something along those lines i didn't click on that in case they talked about too much yeah but we'll see we shall see see. um but if you want to hit us up on twitter you can find us at serial obsessed pod that's s-e-r-i-a-l-o-b-s-e-s-s-p-o-d so it's as if it's like singular like um, and then our email address is serially obsessed pod like the full name of the show serially obsessed pod instead of podcast at gmail.com so let us know what you think shoot us an email um if you're gonna say spoilers though who knows how quickly we're listening to so like write that in the subject line I yeah. guess um but we'd love to see what you guys who have listened to us through seasons one and hopefully two mm-hmm. serial uh think about s-town right. as well because we're certainly and welcome all it. new listeners yeah welcome new Thank listeners you. Welcome. yeah tweet us if you've welcome. ever built something crazy like an astrolobe astrolabe astroglide <laughs> just to tweet at us just tweet whatever at us we love it all right, guys, we will catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.